Uh, good evening, friends. Oh, come on. Good evening, friends. Thank you. It's so good to be with you tonight uh, and to share this special time uh, and to have an opportunity to talk a little bit about discernment. Um, it's a privilege and honor, as you just heard, uh, that I am a Cleveland native. I love John Carroll University. John Carroll University has a very important place in my heart as well because my brother went here. And John Carroll was instrumental to my brother actually finding his life as he studied uh, biology and pre-med and became a doctor. Uh, and so he now serves as an emergency room doctor in Akron, Ohio, and has two beautiful children and one on the way. His oldest son is named fantastically Lucas Lenowskis, <laughs> which I adore and appreciate. And they call me Uncle Amen. Um, <laughs> So it's wonderful, and my, that's my connection most certainly with John Carroll. But beyond uh, John Carroll as well is obviously a Jesuit work, and being a Jesuit, it's awesome to be here. I never thought that I would become a pastor. I always wanted to be a pastor. Um, but because of my own life and because of this little vow called the vow of obedience in the Jesuits, I never thought it would actually take place. But because of any host of reasons, I ended up being a pastor here at the Church of the Jesu, and I love being pastor. We have a school of 800 little kids that you probably hear screaming over there on a regular basis, but also a wonderful community. And a big part of that community is also, which is really cool, many John Carroll students come on over to pray together with us, and you are most certainly always welcome to come to the Church of the Jesu. Tonight we gather to talk about discernment, okay? And I want you to remember three words for tonight. Listen, list, live. Listen, list, live. Okay? That's what we're going to talk about tonight. The first is? Listen. Thank you. Okay, good. You're catching this. I like it. Listen, indeed, listen. So there I was. I was at a sports venue. And I was living in the Bay Area in Berkeley, California. At the time, I was working in the fire department as a chaplain for the Berkeley Fire Department. And I went to go see the Cavs play the Golden State Warriors. Go Cavs. And as I was walking to get my hot dog that I love, uh, I love uh, arena hot dogs. Anyone else? Yes. Thank you, Jarrell. Fantastic. Um, they're the most unhealthy thing that you could ever imagine, right? But they're delicious. And I'm sitting there and I'm eating it. And I'm just kind of standing there, uh, have to, having put on some ketchup on my hot dog, which I guess is some sort of like terrible thing that you don't do if you're from Chicago. But I'm eating my hot dog and I'm watching. And all of a sudden I see this little girl. She's out yay big. She's little. And she's standing in the middle of the corridor. And you see this look in her eyes all of a sudden. She's freaking out. And I'm just standing at a distance enough that it's not enough space for me to run over to her or to help her out. But I see her. And you see that panic look in her eyes. And then she begins that process, right? Where you start, she starts looking around. She starts looking around and she's freaking out. 
And in the midst of that, you can imagine this is a corridor of a sports arena. So there's hundreds of people walking all around her. She's this little girl and she's getting mixed in the fray and people are laughing and talking and this guy is spilling his beer on his buddy because they've had too much. That person's screaming across the way, beer here or hot dogs to sell here. You see people selling merchandise and things. The cacophony of sound is staggering and the confusion is all around her. And then she begins that terrible thing where you start actually moving and searching. It's clear she's lost. And she starts making her way through the crowd. But as you can imagine, the further she gets into the crowd, the more lost she is, right? And then she stops. It's fascinating, right? I'm like holding my hot dog, watching this. And she stops just enough. And she screams out, Mommy. Mommy. And it was like a shrill scream that kind of pierced through the noise that was all around. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my right eye, I see this amazing mother who in the midst of all of that sound, all of that movement, all of that craziness, she heard that voice. And she screamed her name out. And there you see this beautiful moment, right? It's like a Hallmark movie or one of those movies. And it's like, <laughs> you know, and you see them run towards each other. And then the embrace. My friends, we're here to talk about that moment. We're called tonight to gather to talk about that that's discernment at its finest. That's where we find ourselves in the midst of our world. That's where we often can be to have to find and to navigate where we're going and what we're doing. That we are in some ways like that little girl. I used this in a homily not that long ago to share larger with the parish because it's so actual and so true of who we are and where we are that we find ourselves in a world that is constantly tugging at our attention, constantly pulling at us, constantly screaming out. The movements are intense. All we have to do is turn on the news and we can see the world is all over the place in disarray. We see that people in our own country can't get along. We see violence and brokenness all over the place and we find ourselves trying to navigate that and you, my friends, as college people, are trying to find your way in the midst of that and say, where am I going? And what am I doing? Right? Here's the thing. The first move is to listen. The first move is to listen. We need to hear what? Our names being screamed out. See, that's the thing in discernment. That's what happens in discernment. That we find ourselves often trying to find our way, but we don't take the time to listen. 
See, we find ourselves just like that little girl, right? I'm going to find my way. I'm going to figure this out. We first have panic, right? First, it's that panic of like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Oh my gosh, am I going to find my way? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen to me after I graduate? The first move is panic, right? Panic then turns into frantic searching. And we start darting around and we see it in our family and friends, don't we? And we see it in each other sometimes. We start darting around. We start trying to find our way by filling the hole, by going here to there, to this, to that, to this, to that. In college, it takes on the forms of partying. It takes on the forms of relationships. It takes on the forms of switching majors. All of those things. Some of that is good and healthy. We have to dart around. We have to find our way. But in the sense, when we start talking about discernment, friends, the moment that I want to talk about tonight and my hope for us to discuss tonight is that moment when in the midst of that searching, the little girl stops and screams out and then listens. Listens. She listens for her mom's cry back to her. And when she hears that, she can respond and she all of a sudden can find her way. In our life, in our spirituality, right, that's called listening to that inner voice. In the Christian tradition, to the whispering of the Holy Spirit or the voice of God speaking to us. But here's the thing, if we're in the midst of that fray and we're darting around and constantly moving and don't find the time, the space, the context to listen, we're just going to keep getting more and more. Hello? Are you still with me? More and more? Lost. Lost. That's how that works, right? What do they say as survivalists? What's the greatest mistake you could make if you get lost? Keep going or search. What are you supposed to do? Stay put and listen. Right? Listen for help. So my friends, the first movement of discernment as we gather as friends, as John Carroll mates, as people who are here and people who are searching, you have to find time to listen. What does that look like? in a college life? Well, the first is to find time for prayer and for yourself. I listen to you guys and what builds in your schedules and it's bananas crazy. You guys got a lot on your plates. You're trying to juggle a lot of things. You're trying to study. You're trying to maintain relationships. You're trying to stay cool. You're trying to, you know, connect. I know I'm so not cool by saying things like that, but you get what I mean, right? So you're like, you've got so much on your plate as college or high school, right? You've got a lot of things that you're trying to juggle and balance. You gotta find time. You gotta find time. And to ask those deeper questions and stop enough to listen right? We all have those friends or we've all been in those relationships with folks who are only half listening to us 
because they're already on to the next thing, right? So we're like, hey, I had such a great day today. It was so lovely. It was so nice. And I did this and this and this and this. And, and then your friend's like, uh, the weather's nice outside. Right? And you're like, what? You're like, did you listen to a word I said? Right? But we're often like that other friend, huh? We're constantly growing. And God is trying to break through to say, okay, listen, I got something for you. Feel the movements of your heart. But we're like, yeah, yeah, the weather's really nice. Thanks. And then we're like, why can't I find my way? Why don't I understand what God wants of me? And God's like, slow down. Listen. Right? It's like that frantic person trying to find their parent. They need to stop and to scream out and to listen for the words to come. It reminds me of my own faith journey and my own journey to the priesthood I have to share with you. I was in college just like many or all of you are, most of you are, um, and I was a sophomore in college and I was dating this amazing woman that I was going to marry. And in that, the midst of that college journey, I began to feel this pull towards the priesthood. You can imagine how confusing that was and how I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I got my life figured out and you're going to ask me or call me to the priesthood? This is bananas crazy. I can't do this. And I try to run from God. And what I try to do is just fill it with as much noise as possible so that I could drown out that voice. But the thing is, if it's deep inside of you, you're going to keep crying out and you're going to keep hearing the invitation, even in the midst of that fray. And then when it was finally time that I knew that I had to stop enough in the midst of that craziness, I stopped enough and just finally said, okay, God, what do you want? I heard the call. I heard the invitation to a full self-gift of life in this way, in this calling, in the priesthood, right? And here I am 18 years later, and I love my life. Love it. If I hadn't slowed down enough to listen or try to fill it with all sorts of other things, I would have never been here and I would have missed that opportunity. I heard a little bit, somebody was saying that they're leading the freshman retreat tomorrow. That's awesome. And there are some freshmen who are going on the retreat tomorrow. That's super awesome. Because it's opportunities like that that we have to find that are those moments too. Thank you. Okay. Medium participation. Okay. To listen. Yeah. To listen enough, right? You got to find that context. How are other ways that we can listen? How about before you close your eyes? You just create enough quiet space in your room to just process the day and to listen to what comes into your heart. How about finding time to go to Mass? I know I'm a priest, I have to kind of advertise, but beyond that, right, that's why we actually have it, to come to worship so that we can listen because we're constantly going and what do we do at Mass? We slow down enough to participate and engage, but also to listen. How is God speaking to me, right? So to listen, listen is the first move.
as I walked around the tables, you know, it's fascinating to hear what your majors are and as you're looking to the future, some of you are graduating, some of you are right in the middle of your career, some of you are in grad studies and looking to, to the next step in your careers. What is helpful, and I find helpful, once you listen, is to begin to list. And that's my second piece of advice to you as we talk about discernment. St. Ignatius of Loyola, who is the patron saint of this university, and also, of course, uh, the founder of the Jesuits, uh, said to anyone who's trying to make a discernment, the power of listing things is important. What does St. What does Ignatius mean by listing things? As you begin to think about where God is calling you and what your next steps are, taking some time to list is important. What do I mean by that? Who's ever gone to the grocery store when they're hungry and not made a list? Who's ever done that? Mm -hmm. How many of you came home with things that you did not think you were going to come home with on that trip? Mm -hmm. Exactly, right? That's why lists can be important. Because I'm, I'm totally that guy, by the way. I'm like, oh yeah, I love Eggo waffles. That's great. Oh my gosh, this ice cream. I, and I can't remember the last time I ate Eggo waffles, right? But they're all of a sudden and I'm paying for them and they're in my cart. And I'm like, what? At the end, you're like, what just happened? And they're like, $248. And you're like, huh? Right? What happens is in the busyness of our lives, when we don't make lists, to help ourselves, we can get lost. Now, am I talking about a grocery list when it comes to discernment? Is that what St. Ignatius is talking about? No. What St. Ignatius is talking about is as you begin to discern where God is calling you, I want you to make a few lists. First list, what are my gifts and talents? Okay, so that's the first list. What am I really good at? What's my jam, right? Like, when I do this, I'm on fire. Is it like sitting in your car and that jam comes on the radio and you just sing your brains out? And you're like, yeah, I love that, right? I'm a really good singer. I love to sing. I love to project my voice. I love to be in that context. Is it, I love to speak. I love to engage people. I love relationships. I love sports. I love fill in the blank. And I'm good at X, Y, and Z. That's your first list. Okay. The next list that Ignatius would in encourage, and I would as well, is what do you identify as the needs of the world? What's going on right now in the world? What's needed in the world right now, based on your opinion and who you are and how you perceive the world? So your first list is your gifts and talents, the things that are your jams, the things that you're good at, the things that make you alive and remind you, right, of what you are and who you are. And then make a list of what you see is a need of the world or the needs of the world, right? The third list is then, where is God calling me? Not necessarily... I don't want you necessarily to think only in professionalism, right? Like I'm called to be an accountant or a lawyer or a teacher or a doctor. But based on taking a look at your first list, my gifts and talents, second list, 
What are the needs of the world? Third list, what do I think God is calling me to do? Right? And write that down. How do those gifts and talents inform some of the needs of the world to make that third list too, huh? That's the classic, you see, definition of discernment and finding one's vocation within the church. Take a look at where your gifts and talents are. Take a look at the needs of the world and where that intersects. Boom. Go there. Go there. You see, in Christian spirituality, God does not want you to be miserable. God does not want you to wake up 40 years from now as a person who chased things that aren't of your passions and you wake up empty. I can't tell you, my friends, how many people I counsel and sit with who are there because they chased money, they chased career, they chased pride or prestige, right? All of those things in and of themselves don't necessarily mean bad, right? So to be proud of oneself or to have a career that makes a lot of money is not wrong. But when that becomes the end, that's the problem. It's like going shopping when you're hungry. Because guess what? The world is throwing at you what? Money, riches, pride, all the things that tempt at you, right? And guess what? As human beings, we're hungry. We want to eat them, right? The world is throwing them at us. But we being, and my encouragement to you tonight is that we're actually not those shoppers. <laughs> we're, the, we're the people who are like, Eggo waffles, Eggo waffles, oh, Eggo waffles. Okay, I don't need them, right? Right? Because they're not on my list. Because here's where my gifts and talents are. Here's where the needs of the world are. Here's where I feel God is inching me and calling me right? Then those other things that can pull at me or distract me don't hold primacy of place, right? Does that make sense? So my encouragement is, and I know it's silly, especially if you're at that place where you're truly discerning what are next step for your life or what major you're going to choose or what you're going to do after you graduate, or who you hope to be, or what college you're going to go to, that you take actually the time to do this and actually list it and write it out. So part of writing it out is also a discipline that is very valuable in the Christian tradition to actually take the time to sit down and write something, right? Because what we do often in our heads is like, oh, I'm making a mental list, right? But then the things of the world distract us from that list, right? It's not concrete. It's not written by my hand. I'm not looking at it with my eyes. So that's often a step that people miss. I have to admit when I walk with them about discernment. They're like, yeah, I made my list, Father. Okay, what's on it? Uh, um, number one was, um, uh, uh, yeah, like I'm, um, and they're like, okay. 
write it out. It's concrete. And it's going to help you take those steps, right? So we got to listen. We got to find the context to make that list. We got to find the moment so that we can listen, so that we can make those three columns. And then ultimately, the last part is to live. Listen, list, live. God wants us to thrive. As I said earlier, God in the Christian tradition does not want anyone to be miserable. God wants us to have that spark inside of ourselves. And don't we know those people, right, when we meet them? Where you're like, dang, that person's awesome. They're burning, right? They're like, oh, they know what they're up. You know, they, they know who they are. They know what gets them up in the morning. And you can tell, right? It's those professors that are teaching you that biology lesson. And they're like, I love biology. This is so great. Guys, check this out. So like this happens and this happens. I don't know anything about biology, but you can imagine it's like this and that, right? Like, but you see it in the eyes of that teacher, right? And they're like, yeah, they're, they're doing what they need to be doing. Or you're like, you see that nurse that comes and cares for you, right? In the hospital. And they give you the time of day and they love you and they care for you. And you just know, you're like, yep. He or she knows what they're doing. They're alive. They have to live it. You have to live it. You have to recognize what makes you live. Not die, not sleep, not get through, but live. Live in that truest sense. St. Ignatius in the spiritual exercises, when trying to make a decision of what to do next, often says to a person who's trying to make that decision, it says, imagine yourself living in that decision. So let's say you're trying to decide whether I'm going to be a biology major or I'm going to be, um, what, what, what are you guys studying? Exercise. Thank you. Exercise science, right? I'm trying to decide between biology or exercise science. St. Ignatius will say, live it. Imagine yourself for a few days that you made the decision to be in exercise science and go through your day. Imagine yourself, yep, I'm an exercise science major. That's what I did, that's what I decided, this is who I am. And go through your day knowing that, believing that, and start saying to yourself, okay, that's who I am. Yep, that's who I am. Then Ignatius will say, notice how you feel at the end of the day. Does it bring you life? Do you feel alive? Or do you feel indifferent? Do you feel bad? Do you feel like it's not right? But go through that exercise of living that. And then a few days later, guess what? I'm a biology major. I'm going to live these three days as if I am a biology major. And go through that feel the ups and downs. Yep, I'm a biology major. This is what I'm studying. This is what I'm doing. Right? And at the end of those three days to ask yourself, how did that make me feel? St. Ignatius will say the incarnational reality of our vocations, we have to live into it. We have to use our imaginations in our everyday life 
to begin to do that good discernment. And that takes time. That's not easy to do, but it's worth it. And by the end, you begin to notice trends. Yes, when I said I'm going to be this major, all of a sudden I'm like, yep, okay, I got this. I'm going to do this. And when I think of being this major, I'm just, oh, it's just, Start going there. Start going towards where the life is, living, gifts, talents, needs of the world. Where is God calling me? God is calling me to live, right? Does that mean that to live comes without any heartache or hardship? Of course not, right? We know that. But this is where the problem ends up, is that if we haven't made a good discernment, if we haven't found truly what excites us, makes us live, according to God's plan for us, when that hardship comes, It's awful. And we find ourselves lost more than ever. That's why it's worth it. I'm grateful that when I was in college, when I was your age, that some of these realities were brought to me by my mentors, holy women and men, who through their life and example showed me enough some of these lessons of what it means to listen, to list, to live. For I for sure would not be standing here as a priest. I could guarantee that. But it's made all the difference in my life. And I'm so grateful that I've been able to navigate that and to find my way through that to be able to do just that. Easy? No. Worth it? Absolutely. And so uh, my encouragement tonight as we have some time and I want to open it up and to, to create a, a, a forum of a little bit more of a discussion of Q&A and any questions that you may have. But my hope is, is that by giving you something a, a little, I'm not saying that tonight's uh, talk is going to solve all your problems or that now, oh, I, I went to this guy's talk and I know exactly what I'm doing in my life. This is great. No. That's not the context of tonight, but are these steps that am I trying to give you some tools that you can use as you begin that discernment, as you lean into your next steps in life? Absolutely. To listen, to list, to live.